All right, folks, here we are, April 26, 2023. What a time to be alive. Making money in a bear market can be a challenge. We found a little bit today, found a little profit, made a little deal, had a little fun. Uh, no, I just had a fantastic conversation, though, guys. We're getting ready for XRP Vegas. I'm going to be taking the stage to moderate a panel. Got a, got a chance to meet with the speakers and the uh, projects I'm going to be on stage with here today. So we got a little setup here. I, had, I was rearranging my desk for the Zoom call. And uh, so we got a little bit different studio setup, TikTok with us, YouTube Live. It's a late night session. I'm going to actually put out a tweet here, and then we're going to get going, guys. I appreciate everyone for tuning in, smashing that thumbs up on all of our content before you share it far and wide. And let's just let Twitter know that we're live and let's get this party started off, folks. So we're going to get right on into it right now. We have the market. The Bitcoin market is up to 29,000, almost 2888. And um, you guys are seeing Bitcoin got a little volatile today. We got a little movement. 1900 for your Ethereum and XRP is at 46 cents. Now, folks, we did trade this market. It's funny. Um, I was telling my Discord group... I was waiting for the bounce. I'm going to enter a trade. Let's see what happens. Sure enough, it came back up to 30K. This morning, I wake up. I see that we pumped. And I said, okay, good enough. I entered my short. And then we ended up taking profit here today when you guys saw that nasty crash. I guess it's not the, the technical term wouldn't be a crash because it wasn't a 20% drop. It was just a little dip, right? A little bit of volatility. But within that move, we were able to capture 23% profit. So I share all of my trades in real time with the Discord group. And usually I'm lasting, you know, a few days or even a week plus in some of my trades because they're swing trades, right? I'm not really a day trader. There's no sort of sophisticated program going on here. I don't have a trading course to sell you. But it's one part of the conversation that's taking place in the Discord group. I am running a special right now if you guys want to take advantage of it. You can sign up for a year of the Patreon and get 16% off your membership fee. And then you also will get a free 30-minute one-on-one session. And that deal is about to be closing here shortly. The schedule is filling up very quickly. And so we're going to be shutting that deal down. Take advantage of it if you want. But as I was saying, you know, I'm going to explain my trade at the end of this session for those, the real ones that stick around. We'll give you guys a little bit of the secret sauce and showed you how, you know, I secured 23% profit. I know other Discord members were over 100%, but uh, my, my Discord members, you know, they go full degen with it. I just use 5X leverage, very conservative, nothing special, but I'll show you guys that at the end of the show after we go through the update. So without further ado, guys, thank you for checking in. Let's get it running, and it's uh, Disclosed TV starting us off here. Oh, we haven't pulled our source yet. I apologize. <clears throat> okay, we're rocking and rolling. Justin, the Biden administration will deploy U.S. nuclear armed submarines to South Korea first time in about 40 years, I believe, is the report on that. We'll be watching the situation over there closely. Um, I've spoken in the past about what, you know, our military sources are telling us about what's going to take place in Taiwan. But it's, you know, a touchy subject. So I'm just going to leave it at that, folks. Let's watch. Let's pray. And let's watch this other situation over here. The World Health Organization cites Huge biological risk as Sudan fighters seize lab containing dead, deadly pathogens. So as I said, let's uh, let's pray, let's watch, let's see what happens. And um, by the way, we do a lot of preparing as well in our Discord group if you're trying to get tapped in on that level too. 
Now, we have the, from the Kobesi letter, the events challenging the U.S. dollar this week. 70% of trade between China and Russia is now settled with the yuan and rubles. 19 new countries submit to join BRICS. Bangladesh pays $318 million loan, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> using the yuan. That's Bangladesh paying $318 million loan using yuan to Russia. BRICS, projected to pass G7 nations in economic growth by 2028. Has the weapon nation, uh, weaponization of currencies gone too far? Well, we can ask that question, and we can also look at the facts. This data is irrefutable. Chinese yuan overtakes U.S. dollars as the most used currency in China's cross-border transactions for the first time in history. Reporting here from Geneva. Uh, Genevi. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Yuan share rose to a record high of 48% up from nearly 2010, nearly up from nearly zero in 2010. U.S. share declined to 47% down from 83% over the same period. Wow. So we can ask the question, you know, is the weaponization good? Are the sanctions working? Um, you know, when I ask the question, how's your program working out? This program of trying to keep the reserve currency status is, you know, slipping a little bit. That's undeniable. The data is irrefutable. I mean, we can fact check that, I guess, but <clears throat> this is being confirmed by multiple sources right now that the Chinese yuan is overtaking the U.S. dollar. Now, what's been interesting for me to watch is after Andy Sheckman brought this up to me, this was the first time I had Andy Sheckman on my show, about how Ripple's on-demand liquidity, RippleNet, it had done about $30 billion in settlement since 2019. That's what I knew. And then Andy Sheckman was telling me that basically since the Chinese digital wands inception, they had done about $20 billion, I think was the number that he had quoted. And that's changed now. It's grown some. And so, you know, we can fact check that. It's tough to get information out of that country. But nonetheless, we know that they're using more incentives. And <clears throat> the next article I'm about to show you is just reiterating the point here that they're moving quickly, competing. See, I'm watching RippleNet ODL XRP versus China Digital Yuan and what they're doing right here with the loans that they're giving out, the goodies that they're spreading. And uh, this is part of the, the point here. As one currency is falling, the other one is expanding. This one was shared here by Echo to Truth on Twitter. China to expand CBDC use case for Belt and Road Initiative. So this is the development. This is the loans. This is the building out of the infrastructure for all these countries. <clears throat> and like I said, how's the program working out? We got woke culture and inflation, you know, fiat money and woke culture to export out of our country. Meanwhile, China moving here, loans in the yuan, and they're going to give incentives. And so I wanted to tie this back to a main point that I've been making over and over again, which is Ripple's being righteous custodians of the escrow, treating XRP as a reserve currency. But then we want to see Ripple giving incentives to real businessmen and women and institutions, right, to use XRP. We want that. And everybody, all the fudsters come out of the woodworks. Oh my gosh, they're paying. They're giving incentives. Yes. You know, it's the same thing that happened with R3. When you got a consortium of 40 plus banks, you know, dozens upon dozens of banks, and you approach them and you say, hey, let's do a deal. We'll give you a 5 billion XRP option over three years at less than a penny. A deal of a lifetime. I would have loved to have, you know, that type of option. Now, obviously, I probably couldn't afford 5 billion XRP, but maybe, you know, just at that price point, an option over three years of less than a penny. What a deal. But this is what we want, because what's the alternative? What's the alternative? Is we let, you know, China take over here? We let Russia take over? You, you know, and here's the thing. 
I just want a level playing field. It's not that I want to see any of these countries lose or, you know, I want a level playing field. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to have opportunity. I want every country to have sound money and every person to have access to DLT technology, right? Let, let's move humanity forward. Give us a level playing field. It's not us versus Russia, us versus China. This is humanity moving forward together, not under any crazy woo-woo talk. You know, let's feel self-righteous and talk about changing the world. No, actually, though, actually using this technology to move us forward, not memes on the ledger. Congratulations, we put memes on the ledger. How do we actually solve trillion-dollar problems? How do we actually enable billions of the unbanked? And this is how you do it. And like I said, what's the alternative? I want to win, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about it. And I think that it would, you know, be be well off for Americans to maintain the most used reserve currency and in and, and the most used currency for trade. But once again, what's the alternative? The alternative is better, right? You can work with some of these other countries where they'll bring you real commodities, bring you real value, and they're now backing their currencies by gold. Or do you want a little woke culture and do you want a little fiat funny money? And you also have the threat of now we know they'll freeze your assets. And if you want to play, you know, play ball, we'll play ball. But if you want to turn against us, you know what we turn against you. And that's how we've wielded the power of the reserve currency up until now. So now when it comes to the military battlefield, we have many countries turning against us formally and informally. And now 19 plus countries joining BRICS, along with dozens and dozens potentially 100 plus countries, they're trying to figure out how do we ditch the dollar effectively? You know, we're done using it as a reserve. We're not buying treasury bonds. We're selling our treasury bonds. And then how do we get around it for trade? How do we tokenize everything, all of our commodities, all of our economy? How do we tokenize everything of real value? Because we're actually producing it. We got it in our ground and we're allowing our, uh, you know, capitalists to pull it out of the ground. Right. So how are we going to move our country forward? Well, we establish sound money. Right. And then we allow people to actually build on top of uh, this technology here. Right. Implementing this into their businesses across the world. Meanwhile, we got the flip flop games here. And the reason why is I titled this episode JP Morgan versus Ripple. This has always been about uh, the old guard trying to maintain power as they get exposed with the Internet. Right. The Internet was so powerful in exposing how these entities controlled us. How, you know, nobody knew what the Federal Reserve was a decade ago. A decade ago, when I started reading about the Federal Reserve and learning about sound money and how far we'd fallen and how we can fund all of these wars that have never been declared by Congress, by the way, how do we do that? Well, it's the Federal Reserve Institution, right? And I was actually listening to Peter Schiff talk about how initially, right, initially when all these things are proposed, they sound great. And he was talking about, you know, expanding out to socialism always sounds great on paper. It's like every business plan. No business plan fails on paper, but nine out of 10 businesses fail, right? Same thing with the Federal Reserve. It was supposed to be this neutral bank and it was introduced after World War I. Go figure. Or no, yeah, yeah. Was that right before or right after World War I? Then we have World War II. And then you guys see we had the income tax came in and the income tax was supposed to only be for the wealthiest people in the, in the country, the very top, top 1%. And now everybody's feeling that pain. 
and then even the withholding tax too. I, I mean, guys, we're so far gone. I mean, are you kidding me? From the opportunity, not no. This isn't politics. Uh, this isn't politics. This is where's the opportunity? How's your program working out? You know. And so as we begin this episode, we zoom out on the macro geopolitics current events before we bring it back home and just hammer it in to my fellow people here in America. If we don't move quickly, we're going to get left behind. And during this time, we still have to focus on what we can build, what we can invest in. And, you know, we've been doing it all from shorting Bitcoin today, 23% profit. That's fun. Stacking precious metals, part of the strategy, prepping. And you guys are seeing as well as we, you know, run real businesses, prepare to move into real estate. This program's fully encompassing. And, and I explain why these current events matter and what it confirms for us. Because like I said, 10 years ago, nobody knew what the Fed was. Now everybody's watching the Fed. And all, and all the tw Twitter traders and everybody, right, is, is doing the Twitter talking head deal. And they are spouting, oh, the Fed's going to do this. They don't actually understand how the Fed actually works. And they're just now coming to this. We were talking about this well over a decade ago. Which, you know, I don't come on here to say I told you so. I'm just saying there's a reason why our program's working right now. Why we're still growing during a bear market, like Ripple is. Like, like your business is. Like our Discord community is. I hear stories today. Another one in our Discord group. Buying more businesses. Taking on, I mean, God, there's so much opportunity. It's such a blessing. Amen, God willing. We're going to take advantage of this opportunity, folks. There's a reason why we call it the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. The proof and the data is undeniable of where this thing's going. And I'm just concerned because so many people are going to get left behind. So I apologize for going on a quick rant there. But let's continue on here, folks. As you guys see, they are moving. And this banking crisis is not over. First Republic Bank stock halted five times today. Now... We are going to see another record for most stock halts in a day at this rate. So we're seeing it once again, right? Anytime the market is going the wrong way, anytime the systemic uh, disease carries through the financial system, they flip the switch, they turn it off. See, see, we all like to think of the flip of the switch moment of XRP going to the moon and, and, and we have a $589 XRP and we're rich. But right here, we have an example of them flipping the switch off when the system is not working how it's supposed to. Meanwhile, regulators are currently uninterested in intervening. The system has failed once again. There are also reports that this is just going to get acquired and backed up by the government, which is how this whole thing is getting backstopped. But the problem, the problem that we're seeing now with this banking crisis spreading to a liquidity crisis and you're asking yourself, how, is, how can this be possible? After they've injected all of this money into the system, how can there possibly be a liquidity crisis? It's because of the rate. See, money supply contracts again in March are down. This is money supply contraction. This is not new debt getting issued. This is not new money going in. Why? Because no one can afford a 6.5%, 7% interest rate on their mortgage. No one can afford a 10% interest rate on their car. And if they do, then they're putting themselves in a tough financial position. And uh, we're, we're seeing everything go up as far as repossessions, uh, foreclosures, not quite yet. But the price declines year over year in sales, real estate, undeniable, undeniable. 
Okay. But what we're looking at here, folks, is confirmation. This is a massive economic warning. Money supply contraction hasn't happened in 90 years. The only other time it has happened, we had a depression and a major banking crisis. This is shared here by Nick Gurley, Reventure Consulting. He's a must follow and I love his real estate updates, but he shares some good economic data charts as well. Now you're seeing it in the real streets. When you go to Mickey D's and you're looking to get your Big Mac and whatever's contained in that juicy burger, McDonald's CEO says consumers starting to push back against higher burger prices absolutely folks you guys are seeing that even for the 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 basic uh you know meal here at mcdonald's right 15 bucks how's that possible right and, and you're seeing it you used to get five dollar footlongs at subway now it's 15 bucks for your sub at, at subway now I'm, I'm not here to discuss you know the how crappy these products are for you i get that but we have to understand this is for the you know how the average man and woman and family is feeding their, their themselves right now this is on the back of the data confirming that uh, well i forget what the, the number of americans who are admitting that they've been skipping meals to you know to be able to afford the basic necessities and just get by they've been skipping meals that's a choice they've been making let alone when they do decide to eat the crap that we're putting in our body. Myself, guilty as well, guys. I'm not, I'm not no saint here, right? I'm proudly rocking the dad bot, okay? But it's absurd, right? It used to be, uh, what was the little, little Caesars hot and ready's for five bucks? Subway footlongs, five bucks. Your Big Mac, your, your, your regular meal, right? Uh, under 10 bucks. At least when I was a kid. Now, you guys are a little bit older in the crowd. can probably speak on that a little bit more. But this is what I've been talking about. That's not 5% inflation, guys. Your, your quarter pounder going to $15, is, that's not 5% inflation year over year, right? This is a lie. And, and the average person, CEO, said the consumers are starting to push back against higher burger prices. Boy, it's getting rough out there, folks. Now, I, I, I front run, I provide the context of all this bad news, bad data, crises to watch out for, uh, Mr. Biden sending, you know, some equipment over to uh, Asia, and we pray on that, right? But I, I share all that so that we can add the urgency to getting our act together, getting our plan here together, folks whether it's cryptocurrency, whether you're trading, whether you're building a business, a side hustle, investing in real estate, whatever it may be, how do we stack precious metals? How do we prepare our family for 10 days of darkness? I start off with that context of the current events, which is not pretty right now, right? So that we have that fire lit under our ass when we go to make our moves here, building our businesses, making our investments, building out our exit strategy so that we don't panic and not know what to do when we finally do enter. I know everybody wants rocket emojis and laser eyes again, I know everybody wanted to confirm that the bottom was in, right? We, we all trying to hype each other up and cheer each other on in the crypto space. I get that. I'm here cheering along too. But, uh, you know, we shorted the heck out of Bitcoin today. And so we're here. We understand they're still shaking this thing up. And that's why we stayed focused for two years here plus that we've been making content on what can we do on a daily basis? What's the next trade that we can enter? What's the next prep that we can make? What's the next plant that I'm going to you know, start in the garden? What are we going to do today to move our family forward? 
I preface it with all the bad news as we roll into some cryptocurrency news, folks, and let's get right into it. I titled this episode, JP Morgan versus Ripple. Now we're gonna get right into it. Couple points here though to go over. Crypto update. Texas House of Representatives passes bill requiring proof of reserves for crypto exchanges. The HB 166 bill filled by State Representative Giovanni Capriglione was passed by a majority of 150 members aiming to quote, rebuild trust in the market. And this is what we've been waiting for, right? Proof of reserves from the exchanges, from the stable coins, from anybody in the space. Let's do things the proper way. This is what we've always been advocating in Texas, passing this bill for proof of reserves, which is major. This is this is fantastic. And this is so powerful how we move at the state level against our federal government, against our federal reserve and force the issue. This is how we do it. Now, the second part is, you guys know the news, you guys already heard, Texas looking at issuing a gold-backed digital currency as well. So Texas, they're doing things down there the Texas way. God bless Texas down there. Uh, (laughs) Getting it done over there. Okay, so let's get right on into it, folks, because this is what it's all about. The corruption that we've been exposing in the XRP community for so long, for two, three-plus years since this lawsuit was filed, right? And so digital asset investor here is commenting on Brian Armstrong, who is sharing a clip here of Gary Gensler. I'll show you guys here in a second. But Brian Armstrong playing dumb, or maybe he is just late to the party, I don't know. But Brian Armstrong coming in here saying, wow, in regards to Gary Gensler's speech at MIT. Now, Digital Asset Investor says, sorry, but this greatly offends me. The XRP community was putting out these clips of what Gensler was up to for over two years, and Brian Armstrong and his .eth friends acted like it wasn't even there. And it's so true. It's so true. I'm all here for unity. I'm not about tribalism, but please don't play around, right? Don't play dumb with me. Or are you part of the corruption is the, is the question. But all these .eth guys that thought that they had the free pass and they're the, the you know they're the chosen ones here, they didn't want to talk about this until it starts to affect their business. We're on the same side now, but these people should be ashamed of themselves, and I won't forget. They thought they had their Bitcoin Ethereum free pass from the Hinman speech and didn't care, and now it's coming to backfire because good guy Gary Gensler's coming to take everybody. The below clip is from a fall 2018 graduate MIT course called Blockchain and Money. Gary Gensler, the current chairman of the SEC, was the professor. The hypocrisy speaks for itself. And I'm going to let this clip play right here, folks. Take a look. So we already know in the U.S. and in many other jurisdictions that three quarters of the market are not ICOs or not what would be called securities, even in the U.S., Canada, and Taiwan, the three jurisdictions that follow something similar to the Howey test that we've talked about. Three quarters of the market is non-securities. It's just a commodity, a cash crypto. Um, so you'll hear debates about initial coin offerings and what's a security and what's not a security. Relevant, relevant and important debate, but for three quarters of the market, it's not particularly relevant as a legal matter, as a regulatory matter. Brodish. So we already know in the. So there you guys have it. Good guy, Gary Gensler. It was very clear. We know in the United States that three quarters of these are not securities. 
And now you see, and now the space has grown and the frauds and the scams have definitely grown and the securities offerings have happened uh, many times over, thousands and thousands of times. So today when he comes out, he gets to play dumb. Remember, he's the good guy. He's your friend and he's here to protect you. And that's why he's going to raise the limit on investing in uh, private securities offerings to $10 million to be an accredited investor is because he's going to protect you guys. Remember that. But once again, it's all getting exposed, so need not worry. We are very close here, guys, especially in the XRP community. Now, with the rest of these cryptocurrencies, I don't know how far they're going to get. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I know I've put out the video. If you haven't seen it, it's a great comparison. Algo versus Ethereum, their ICOs. And you look at the two different ways that they conducted those ICOs, vastly different. And remember, we've now pulled clips here of Gary's course and speeches, and he knows very well how many participants there were in the Ethereum ICO. And the question becomes is, does Gary and some of the staff at SEC have exposure to Ethereum consensus or any of the infrastructure that's, you know, uh, won because of the regulatory free pass that they have given Ethereum? That's the question. Will we ever know? What's the extent? Who's Who are they going to give up or sacrifice? Um, I think that Gary, once again, does have the case to say that 90% of these ICOs were unregistered. But once again, you have to take responsibility. These three-letter agencies have gone way too far. This is not what we intended. Just like I was talking about with the Federal Reserve and the income tax, this is not what we intended. It all sounded nice. Oh, the SEC is going to protect investors from securities offerings and investments in the markets. Sounds like a great idea, right? And in the crypto space, you guys know as well as I do of all the fraud scams and people that are taking your money, you know? Um, but it's a joke and a mockery, right? They, they allow exchanges and operations and schemes like FTX to go right underneath their nose for years while they bring a case against the most transparent company in the space that's been trying to work with them for two years. That's an attack. And that's why we titled tonight's show, JP Morgan versus Ripple XRP, folks. This is an incredible breakdown. I'm about to show you guys this one. This is another great one by Ashley Prosper. But before I do, super chat from John Patton, 10 spot. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. That I can't say that. Yes, good guy, Gary Gensler. Yes, I know he is. Um, these guys make you sick to your stomach. Absolutely. But folks, this is why we titled it JP Morgan versus Ripple. Incredible work here by Ashley Prosper of summarizing this situation here, folks, this timeline of events. So in September of 2017, R3 Consortium, which represents around 40 of the leading banks, which sued, sued Ripple to reinstate its options contract, which Ripple had canceled due to failures in the promotion clause. Ripple countersued in January 2018, saying that although R3 represented to Ripple that it would have access to a large consortium of leading banks, R3 knew and had reason to know that several key banks that would be instrumental to Ripple's success would soon be departing from its consortium. This refers to Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and Santander, who chose not to remain in R3's consortium of almost 40 banks. So this is the thing here, folks. This is where the deal fell apart is that those banks left R3. And so Ripple, you know, came back on R3 and said, what the heck, man? 
we're gonna have to cancel this deal because we thought that we were gonna get Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Santander, and others to remain on your platform and to you know partner up here, use RippleNet, and then eventually maybe we can show them a little XRP. And clearly, R3 wanted the XRP because they tried to buy five billion from Ripple. But now we have a few of those banks made their own agreements with Ripple. Interesting. So we know Santander, we know Morgan Stanley, we know there's been some deals there. Uh, so we know this though, at least one did not, as far as I can tell, JP Morgan. There was no deal done between JP Morgan and Ripple. But in June of 2018, Bill Hinman, then director of the SEC's Corporation Finance Division, gave a speech in which he gave clarity to Bitcoin and Ethereum, causing the price to both, both to skyrocket. I'm sure some people were very, very happy that day, particularly the disguised Ethereum whales. We now have a strong reason to believe that XRP was also due to receive some clarity that day, but something had changed in the months leading up to the speech and someone or something had decided to exclude them. Coincidentally or not, later that same year, 15 senior JP Morgan executives would find themselves in Ripple's offices. We can only assume the discussion was about XRP. Were they looking to partner with Ripple or buy them out? They had this time been working with ETH Lab on Quorum for some years and subsequently announced JPM coin in February 2019. So I assume the latter. Uh, you guys, you know, let's ask the question, why is JP Morgan sending 15 executives? Just to say, hi, how's it going? Right? No, obviously they were trying to buy them out, partner with Ripple. Uh, they see, you know, R3 got an option for 5 billion XRP, so there might be something there, right? This was around the same time in 2019 when they launched JPM coin. This was around the same time that Ripple and R3 settled for 1.04 billion XRP. It clearly wasn't going well for JP Morgan. They sold the product they had worked on for the last five years, Quorum, to consensus in August 2020. Whilst allegedly illegally acquiring 10% of Ethereum's core infrastructure, MetaMask, and Infura in a shady backdoor deal with, go figure, Joseph Lubin, known as Project Northstar. This is in court now, as we speak, folks. Things for Ripple, however, were going much better. They inked a deal with MoneyGram in June 2019 and many others thereafter. However, it appears that JP Morgan wasn't done with Ripple and had what appears to be a large number of communications with the SEC about Ripple and XRP. Four months after Quorum was sold to consensus, the lawsuit of the century was dropped on Ripple by the SEC. The search for the truth will continue. And that just leads to a few points, right, folks, about Ethereum once again being centralized consensus, everything that was going on there, and that's being fought out in court right now, backdoor deals with Joseph Lubin, separate from the Ethereum ICO, and you look at the success, as I started out comparing the Chinese digital yuan versus RippleNet ODL, right? You see here, they tried their competition was uh, JPM coin, right? Which they later gave up basically, or I guess, what did they say here? Sold off to Quorum, okay? Quorum was sold to consensus. The lawsuit of the century was dropped four months after that. And what was happening before that? MoneyGram, right? RippleNet um, on-demand liquidity was just getting announced back then, I believe in 2019. And you were just starting to see these corridors fire up and they'd only achieved like three payout markets in 2020. I mean, it wasn't many, not the 40 plus 
payout markets for ODL, not the 70 plus payout markets for RippleNet as a whole. See, RippleNet and ODL were just getting going. Even RippleNet was still early on, right? Utilizing XRP, completely separate, obviously we know that, but now we know 60% of RippleNet volume is going through XRP on-demand liquidity. That's what Brad Garlinghouse said at the World Economic Forum. So what we see here, folks, it's undeniable, is the, the SEC bought and paid for by the Wall Street boys, and that would be JP Morgan and gang, Jamie Diamond. And they've been proven now, right, rigging the precious metals, rigging basically every trading market that's available for uh, a, a man or woman to trade with. I mean, they've been caught rigging everything. And then now what's happening is Mr. Jamie Diamond's having to take the stand and, you know, uh, speak on a case that I won't mention. So this JP Morgan battle has been going on for a long time. They tried to compete with JPM coin, failed. They're still trying to compete with silly stuff like the new Unicoin. Complete joke, right? And, and so this whole thing goes back years. And I really think, you know, that meeting with 15 executives, they don't send 15 executives to just, hey, can we, you know, maybe, maybe partnership, you know, can we get invited to your swell conference? You know, can we be friends? It, it's, we need to do business. And this is about, you know, billions upon billions, trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars uh, that are at stake. And so you're seeing the the old guard is still putting up a fight. What have they done, right? They're allowing, they've convinced the Fed and the Treasury to only provide a backstop for the systemically important banks. Now they're letting all the regional banks fail. And the serious competition, which is Ripple's XRP, they launched this phony lawsuit against them and they hold them up in court for years while they try to catch up and compete. That's what they are doing right now. This is an active battle. An active, you know, war, war, real wartime situation here in the United States and in the, in the, I, uh, you know, the, the big towers here that these guys, you know, Ripple went from just renting out, I think one or two floors in their San Francisco office to now they rent out the whole building. Right. And they, you know, they need a little bit more room when you're bringing 15 executives into the, the office space. That's important. This goes back years. Our three deal goes back years. And you guys know that they've already established partnerships with most of those other banks on that list that left R3. And it just appears that all leads, all, all roads are leading back to Ripple when it comes to Ripple partners growing, expanding, buying out, uh, acquiring their comp competition. All road leads back to Ripple partners and Ripple. And I've been saying here that I believe that XRP is part of the solution to the debt currency and liquidity crisis. And that's because Ripple is in a unique position to, you know, control this reserve currency and to give this reserve currency to anybody who's willing to, you know, uh, do a deal with them. And so as I started out by saying, you know, people hate on Ripple for giving a bank a good deal for buying XRP even though that bank has billions of dollars to allocate or do a trade or do a deal with versus, you know, you know, the Fudsters trying to complain that Brad Gollinghouse and Ripple and David Schwartz and the Riddles and the Moon didn't make them rich yet versus understanding that's what we want. They're too busy hating that, oh my gosh, Ripple is, is, is using the proceeds of uh, selling XRP to fund their business. Yes, 
Business is growing. Business is doing well. Executives in cities across the world. Banks and institutions growing. 40-plus payout markets for XRP ODL. 70-plus payout markets for RippleNet. What, what else do you want to see? I mean, it would be happening faster. It would be happening in the United States if it wasn't for the whole banking cartel coming after them. Now, as David put out on his little you know, Twitter header, there, there comes a time here where you got to maybe do a deal. Right? And I think that there's been many deals here that you guys are about to see get revealed once this lawsuit concludes. But we just have to remember what's at stake here. And they wouldn't have put up such a fight. JP Morgan and gang wouldn't have put up such an assault and an undermining attack here against Ripple and XRP if it wasn't a serious threat. That is what gives me conviction when my my XRP bag here is still, you know, probably a little break, a little over break even probably now at this point because I've been buying XRP, you know, 50 cents, even up to up at a dollar. Because I believe in the thing so much. I believe in the asset. I believe in the technology. And I believe in XRP as a reserve currency that's going to be as liquid as a G10 currency. right? And, and I think that it's going to be the best neutral form of liquidity that anybody can use in the world. So that's a nice use case. It's a trillion dollar use case. It, it's even bigger than that. And so that's just one part of the program here tonight. But we, we are once again reiterating why. They had to come after Ripple XRP. They were they, they were just starting to flip the switch. See, the flipping the switch memes, you know, started back then. They were flipping the switch on, and they still are, right? 40-plus payout markets in the middle of a lawsuit, not stopping progress outside the United States at all. It's growing. <laughs> Nine times year-over-year year growth in ODL. They, were, they, they sold off 9 billion XRP, uh... To, to, to basically banks and institutional partners exclusively. That's a lot of XRP that somebody's interested in, right? And you guys are seeing with the ODL firing up now, it's undeniable, undeniable. And they tried, they failed. They still got new scams that they're trying to push. Unicoin is the most recent one. It's all a joke. It's all laughable. And it doesn't compare. It doesn't compete. And it will never be neutral. That's the problem with IMF coin and the Fudsters are just waiting for somebody to create something that competes with XRP. They cannot, they're hoping and praying. They want us to lose so bad that they're hoping and praying that the Fed comes up and, and they want the government to ban XRP. They want XRP to be labeled as security, you know? And they, they, they want to so bad, but yet they've all been failures from JPM coin to the rest to how's the Ethereum program working out. You guys got the free pass. You guys got the pat on the back. You guys are cool. You know, Joseph Lubin, you guys are really neat dudes. And it's a complete failure. Complete failure. Now, couple more points here, folks. We got just a couple more here to cover. And this is gonna be in regards to precious metals. We've been talking about XRP. You guys know how excited I get. That's the best one of the one of the best opportunities I believe here available. But precious metals has been part of the program, and I have a couple things to report that's getting very interesting here. Let's watch this closely, guys. Uh, huge shout out to Rick Rule. I'm going to play a clip here from Rick. I did get a chance to see and uh, listen to Rick on a few panels in the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. I went to that just a couple months ago, uh, but. 
Albert, my good friend Johnny Whiskey from the Discord group, he shared this, retweeted this, and he said, even with a deflationary event, it won't last long, or sorry, even with a deflationary event, it won't last long before hyperinflation takes off. Gold price may fall, but good luck finding any of when that happens. I'll hold gold and silver through the roller coaster. We know how this ends and then begins again. And he's talking about how short term, yes, we go through deflation. But what is the ultimate solution at the end of this? It is inflation. Hyperinflation already being experienced in some countries. And I believe that it's, um, you know, call it what you want. Define it. Identify it as whatever you want to do. Whatever program floats your boat and makes you feel good. The inflation does not make me feel comfortable. As we were talking about with McDonald's and people complaining about McDonald's prices, right? It, it, it's not 5%. It might not be hyperinflation yet, right? But what are they going to have to resort to? What do they always do with every fiat currency? It ends in an inflationary, hyperinflationary crisis. Now, Rick Rule here, quick point. Let's listen in here, folks. So that is, a, I think inflation is a problem. I think negative real interest rates, particularly, I think inflation is a problem. I think negative real interest rates, particularly as a saver, is a problem. I think the debt is a problem. I think the deficit is obscene. The consequence of that is that I own physical gold, a fair amount of it. Uh, I also own as investments big gold mining companies, and as speculations, little gold mining companies. I would prefer, Daniela, to look back at today, 10 years from now, and say all of that insurance, all of the gold I bought was for naught. Everything had a happy ending. Congress balanced the budget. Inflation came down of its own volition. The debt, well, the debt somehow magically got paid off. I don't believe in magic, so I own gold, and I think that your listeners should too. Rick, Rick has such a great way of presenting. He says, I don't believe in magic, so I own gold. And that's the thing. They're not going to be able to fix this. The, the, the cat's out of the bag, wh whatever the story goes. You, you guys know the deal here. And they cannot stop it, right? Anything temporary here, they're slowing down the money supply. That's slightly deflationary once again. But they're going to have to turn it. They're going to have to pivot and bring back the money printers. You guys see, they've had to set up new unprecedented facilities to backstop, don't call it a bailout, remember that. Don't call it a recession, don't call it a bailout. Even though they've had to provide an unprecedented backstop for the whole banking system that could end up being worth trillions of dollars, literally. And that's just the deposits, not the 800 billion of unrealized losses that these banks are also holding on their balance sheets as well. And so as he says, debt is the problem, the deficit is obscene, the consequence of that is that I own physical gold. And he says, I would love to look, you know, you know, look, look back 10 years from now and say it all worked out, right? We, we all just uh, had a good time while the government fixed inflation and brought and, and the government got together and reduced the deficit, reduced the budget, right? To the point where we could actually start to write off our debt and we could all sing Kumbaya and it would all be a really good time. But he says, I don't believe in magic. I own gold. And I would have to agree with Rick. I know that uh, the the gold bugs kind of have this, uh, you know, you know, uh, people make up, uh, you, you know, and, and I'll tell you, they they are a little crazy. I went and hung out with them in Vancouver. They're a little crazy, 
but they understand real value. They understand sound money. And they, you know, like many of us, we've been waiting for a while. It's tough. It's tough to be patient. It's tough to wait. But for me, with gold, with silver, it's not a trade. It's a hedge. It's an insurance policy. And it allows you to sleep well at night. And uh, I don't believe in magic either. Like uh, Rick Rule says here, I don't believe in them being able to fix this problem. I believe that it gets a whole lot worse before they have to reset, restructure, and revalue, just like they've always done in history. This is just another experience in humanity's existence that is going to play out like it does every other time, which is, you know, currency reset. They're going to destroy the value through inflation, right, every time. To, to, to the point where we basically end and every empire falls in the same way, right? Getting overextended. And so that's going to lead to internal conflict. It's going to lead to external conflict, all part of the changing world order. And it's going to lead to our reserve currency status being lost, not being the number one. And even going from not being, you know, the, the number one by far to, okay, maybe we're still number one, but we don't have as much of a share, is going to impact America. It's going to impact uh, the average citizen, and I hope that everyone's prepared. Now, for us, we've been stacking like crazy, and this is why we're getting situations like this. Silver is ripping. Remember the 30% rally in slightly more than a month after the Silicon Valley Bank blow up. Now we have First Republic is the new Silicon Valley Bank. QE is approaching hashtag silver squeeze. Reporting here from JC, 618,000 ounces of silver out of the COMEX vaults today. Hearing from dealers that demand is literally unprecedented. Remember when I put out the, the show last week? Unprecedented demand for suppressed assets. It's not clickbait. I'm not making it up. This is coming from the dealers. That demand is literally unprecedented and inventories have plunged. When I say the vaults have been drained, it is not clickbait. <laughs> it is not hype. Uh, if it makes you feel away, well, like I said, um, you know, this is how well, this is this is the news that motivates me every single day. When I consider, wow, I'm not gonna be able to get some of these assets potentially, right? There, it's going to come down to who doesn't get their silver. We had a 237, ounce, 237 million ounce deficit last year. So we already dealt with this. We're going to deal with it again this year. And you're seeing the vaults get drained at a record pace. The central banks fill up their vaults at a pace we haven't seen in 55 years. Okay. And so I'm not waiting. I'm not sitting around. I'm not worried if JP Morgan puts in a bunch of more options and pushes the price back down. And the old guard's able to, you know, continue pushing it down for a little bit longer. This thing's about to burst. This thing's about to bust. Uh, for me, it's an insurance policy. It allows us to sleep well at night. But it is definitely, definitely part of our strategy. And if you guys are considering, like always, you guys know the deal. You guys can get your precious metals at my website, zachrector.com. It's linked up down below. Okay, and so just let us know if you're trying to roll over your 401k retirement account of any sort. We can help facilitate that. Or if you want to get the metals shipped directly to you, you want to hold them, you want to flex them, you want to hit them together, you know, that's real metal and real value, head on over to our website, zachrector.com. It's all there, folks. And like I said, 401k retirement account, or we get it right to you. Whatever you need done, we can help you with that, okay? Now, 
Let's talk about making money and uh, how are we doing that during the bear market? Well, you guys know the program. Shorting Bitcoin 5X leverage, and I'll just tell you guys the story. So basically this last weekend, um, you know, you know, we had our weekly call in the Discord group and we watched the solar eclipse come and go. And I'd been warning, you guys maybe have heard, I've been talking about this back-to-back -back eclipse energy, and I'm, I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to explain how this works. I'm just going to give you the quick rundown summary. The eclipse energy coming in back-to-back, -back. solar eclipse 420, lunar eclipse May 5th and 6th. So we're watching this closely, just like we watched last year, October, November, back-to-back -back eclipses, along with April, May last year, back-to-back -back eclipses. So same thing happened last year. Same thing's about to happen this year again. Um, and... Go back and look on the charts for yourself. In April, May's back-to-back -back eclipses, we dropped 36%. In the October, November eclipses, we dropped 26%. Now, we had already dropped 12% as of Saturday when I did my Discord weekly call. And I was looking back and I was telling my group, I'm kicking myself, guys. I have FOMO because I was calling this and I didn't trade it. And I missed out on making money. And so I was mad, right? And so I said, guys, I'm going to remain patient. I'm not just going to FOMO buy-in or rage buy-in right now when the price was, you know, down at like 27,000, um, 28,000. And we waited. And I'll pull up the chart here and I'll show you guys what we were looking at. Yeah, what did we get all the way down? We got all the way down to 26,900, 27,000, right? Um, yeah, over the weekend, we were at 27,000 basically the whole weekend. So I told my Discord group, I'm going to wait for the bounce. When I see the bounce, I'm going to snipe. I wake up this morning and I see that Bitcoin had pumped like 10%, 8 9%, And we were back up towards 30K. And I said, okay, good enough. I entered my Bitcoin short. I shared it with my Discord group. Uh, made a Patreon post. Shared it with the Patreon as well. Explained. Showed the charts. Back-to-back -back eclipses in October, November did, did us 26%. The back-to-back -back eclipses in April, May. It was the Luna... Uh, sacrifice. That's when Terra Luna collapsed on the lunar eclipse of May. Go figure. Don't ask me to explain it. 36% um, drop, that crash. 26% in October, November. We'd already seen 12% on the solar eclipse. I said, okay, I'm going to wait for a bounce and then I'm going to snipe. And the point that I shared this morning with the Discord is I said, you look at those charts. You had a rally after each one of those first eclipses. A bull trap rally after the first eclipse before 26% sacrifice, 36% crash. And so sure enough, we go up to 30,000 this morning. Here's the charts. Oh, there's the charts for you guys. Okay. So yeah, we pumped up to 30K. I entered my, my Bitcoin short here. And that horizontal line right here is where I got my entry at. 29,719. Okay, this is the four hour chart on Qcoin kind of zoomed out though, kind of zoomed out, but I just I'm doing this just to show you what happened here. Okay, I was showing you guys here it is 420 solar eclipse. And you guys see we did a 12% drop. Okay, so I said to the discord over the weekend, right, Saturday, we're around 27,000. I said, Hey, guys, we're gonna wait. Let's catch the bounce. Sure enough, I wake up this morning. First thing there it is. Boom, sniped. And remember, guys, I only use 5x leverage. I do very conservative trades. Sure enough, boom, got it, okay. Now, what happened next was major crash. Major crash on this chart during the middle of the day this morning, okay? 
This is a four hour candle right here where we went all the way up from 29,800 all the way down here to 27.7. So it was a, a, a drop literally guys of $2,000 for Bitcoin in the matter of a one four hour candle. I, I mean, look at this spread here. This is pretty incredible. All the way from 30 down to uh, 27.2, a complete 9.31% drop in just uh, about four hours or so. Okay, so then that's when we exited the position. I believe it was 27.3. I forget where I exited out there, but it was a 23% profit on that trade. And like I shared, some of the other Discord members, they, they, they got a little bit more... Uh, little bit more than me they they trade a little bit higher leverage um and so yeah we had other folks that were making 100 percent plus profit on that move and remember guys my group is not a trading group it's not a trading channel i'm not sending signals by any sort of the the measure here you guys are seeing i'm breaking this all down on youtube for everybody because it's just it's not um you know i joke around about the secret sauce there's just you know I got tapped in from Waters Above. He showed me why this energy matters. And so I basically don't trade off technicals anymore. I just watch the energy of the market. That sounds crazy. That sounds woo-woo. For those who know me, I don't really get into woo-woo stuff. Uh, I try to just keep it straight and keep it straight on my business. And, you know, I don't ask why they worship the moon. I don't ask why they do little sacrifice deals and rituals. I don't ask why, even though I know why. And that that's a whole other podcast i just ask how how do i trade this how do i trade how do i position myself knowing that this is how the elite operate how do i trade that well here you go and so i think this brings my total gains up to 160 maybe 170 percent i'll have to go back and look so i started trading this program and um this was back in august of last year i started trading this program so less than a year, right? What is that? Four, here we go, four or five months, eight months. Yeah, about eight months, we've grown the trading bag 160%, okay? And that's just doing this program exclusively. And like I said, it's not, I don't do day, day trading. Most of my trades are swing trades where sometimes I'm riding them for days and I ride trades down 10, 20%. I've even rode tra trades down 50%. But I think my current streak, I've only lost once. Um, it's like, 11 for 12 or something right like like and so i don't have any secret sauce with the trading it's nothing special but i just am sharing here folks how we're navigating this market um how we're positioning ourselves like i'm incredibly long all i do is long xrp utility cryptocurrencies precious metals i'm long my business i continue to reinvest over there we uh love doing that but in the meantime if i know if i can see the setup just like on the solar eclipse on 420, I said, everybody is going to be getting dazed and confused, 420 in it up, right before they get smacked. And sure enough, it came through. And so on Saturday, I was telling the group, I was like, I'm having FOMO. I'm mad and kicking myself here for not trading this. So I'm going to wait for the next setup. Sure enough, it came through. This one was a quick one, guys. This one was a very quick trade. Normally, they don't go this quick, but we, we got lucky here. And you guys see that the volatility is the shakeup here. Tremendous opportunity for trading, but you really got to understand uh, what you're doing here. And you really got to have a good feel for the market, right? You, you got you to gotta catch a, the vibe of the market is kind of what we're doing. More so than watching the technicals, at least for me.
So I don't know. Some people call it crazy. I don't call it whatever you want. I call it 160% gains in a bear market. I, I <laughs> call it what you want, man. Identify as whatever you want. I just like profit. I don't know about you guys. So hey, cheers. It's working out. And uh, for those of you guys that have stayed in here for the late night session, I know I came at you guys past nine o'clock here on the West Coast. It's over midnight on the East Coast. And we just had a lot to cover. I was getting behind. You know, it's like I could I could freaking have a live stream show here going 24 seven, I feel like with the pace that the news is coming out and how much there is to break down. And so we're just pushing really hard right now, guys, in the run up to Vegas. I had a great conversation today with Brad Kimes, the host of the XRP Vegas conference. Huge shout out to Brad for putting that together. Got to meet Coach JV, his team, and they're working on the Merlin um, coin tracker app. It's a basically a coin tracker app for tracking your coins, exit strategy, building out uh, you know whole programs and exit strategies for you know holding and knowing you know kind of where you're at on your cryptocurrencies. So I got to have a conversation with them along with Micah from the XR, or, uh, sorry, from the Flare name services. And so he's building the domain names for the Flare network. Got to meet him, got to meet Coach JV, had a fantastic conversation, and Brad joined us. As we get ready, uh, we're just so locked in, guys. This is such a critical moment. It's so interesting that the conference is taking place, this little XRP conference that's just excuse me, really just put together by a few guys here, you know, a few guys and gals, Brad and his wife have been working nonstop, I know, but kind of just this random, it's not a ripple conference, right? Just this random conference of uh, the XRP community and influencers and the who's who of the XRP community is going to be meeting during such a volatile time with so much happening. And with every day that passes, we talk about how the importance and the pressure on the judge, you know, she probably feels no pressure because she's already made her decision. Uh, but she's just watching this unfold. And every day that goes on, right, we're building up the magnitude of this case. We're pulling back that slingshot and the utility that's getting added to this ledger in the middle of a bear market is fantastic. And I'm so excited that in Vegas, I'm going to be hosting, uh, moderating a panel that's going to be on new products that are going to help us during a bear market. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, good guys. Got to meet them for the first time and really looking forward to this conference here that Brad's throwing. But we get in the room with the builders, with the businessmen and women who are going to be building on the XRP ledger, you know, uh, building real businesses, investing in other assets outside of XRP, right? Um, there's going to be so much to discuss, so much networking and so much opportunities. I'm super excited to meet everybody that's going to be coming. And we're going to be having a special Discord meetup, the first official Discord meetup after two years now of making content and having my di exclusive Discord community. Uh, we're going to be having our first uh, initial meetup here. And I cannot wait. Okay. Uh, I feel like the Discord family, that's what I call them. Uh, we've grown so close, uh, much more than just a, a regular friendship. I mean, we've already had folks that have met up in their little regions and areas and uh, it's just every every week we meet, we discuss these topics, and we discuss how we're taking advantage of these opportunities. We talk about real business deals that we're doing, how we're investing in uh, real estate, how we're prepping, how we're securing our crypto, how we're buying our crypto, how we're trading, how we're shorting the hell out of Bitcoin. Cheers. <laughs> is Lori in the chat? Lori is in the chat. She's just dropping major, major uh, gains there in the chat. 
which he always does. I'm always sharing that I made like 10, I, I take profit after like 10, 15%. Lori's in the chat, full DGen, 100% plus profit. And others too, Frank's in there. But like I said, guys, I had to come on here, even though I know it was late, nine o'clock here, West Coast, midnight, East Coast, had to run it up, had to get it because there's so much here to cover. I still could go on for another three hours here tonight. I promise you that, but I'm going to close it off for this session. If you guys haven't already, please smash that thumbs up on the way out. And like I said, take advantage of the deal here while I'm running it, because I, I promise I'm going to be closing this off here soon. The calendar is already filling up with one-on-one -on -one sessions that I'm offering for free for those who want to sign up for our Patreon Discord group. Get access to the Discord by signing up for Patreon, okay? And then if you take advantage by signing up for one year in advance, you will get 16% off your membership along with a free 30-minute one-on-one session with myself. So take advantage of it here while we're still offering that. We're going to be closing that off here sometime next month. So appreciate everyone in this community. We got a lot that we're working on, a lot more to come. We're just getting started, and I appreciate all of you guys so much. I'll see you guys in the next one. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.